This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about Mellow possibly going to the Clippers, apparently. Uh, big news that the you know it went from us talking about Melo last week, saying should the Knicks trade it, to now pretty much they're being... being We're basically a New York Knicks podcast at this point. We are. Three oh, weeks oh, we in just a row. called it. We, we called it. <laughs> we did call it. Been three straight weeks of Knicks topics here on the Fast Break, and let me tell you, I'm sick of the Knicks. Uh, and we also will be talking about the Cavs, which I'm not sick of the Cavs yet. You know, I still got still got to build it up towards the finals because you know we ever we all know. It's but will be, they make the finals? That's a big question. We all know that the Cavs <laughs> are going to kick the Warriors' ass in the finals. Yeah. Then we are going to be talking about Luke Walton and his Laker comments about tanking, and then we're going to. F- Finish it up and wrap it up with Dave's team. The Tank Commanders. You're welcome. Joel Embiid. You're all welcome. And the 76ers. Tank City. The process. The process. Process. Philly. Trust AKA in Tank the process. City. Has the process worked is going to be the, uh, the the topic there. But let's start off here. Mello, possibly going to be a clipper. Should, or it's really, will Carmelo make the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, I messed up my words, Los Angeles Clippers a serious playoff contender in the West? I want to say yes, but no. Like, I want to say what? yes. I do. I want to say, man, that starting five of Redick, Blake, Jordan, if CP3, Mello. Well, to me, the things that I'm looking for, and this is a total Clipper side of it, I'm looking to get rid of, like, Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers. And maybe Wesley Johnson, if you're looking to get a third out. Those are the three that I'm looking at. I'm looking to keep J.J. Redick because I need his hot hand shooting if I want to If you're going to try to keep anything. up with anybody in the West. Yeah. Anybody in the playoffs in your conference. The only thing is you get the Warriors and the Spurs. So it's like. And the Rockets. Uh, well, and the Rockets. But really. Literally for, the highest scoring team in basketball. For that, it's more of a Rocket Clipper thing is a race to see who's going to get a three seed at that point. I like I said, want to say yes, but I'd have to lean towards no. I just I don't think it'd work out. I think this is going to be entirely about how well Mello can gel on that team, because these guys have played together for a handful of years together already. They have their sync on offense. They kind of know the flow. They mm-hmm. know when to cover on defense and switch. And like Mello is going to have to learn a new system again. And we saw what happened when he first went to New York and how much of a transitionary period he Mm -hmm. needed to get up and rolling and be effective again. Uh, So that's what really concerns me is because this is kind of like the last chance for this uh, current iteration of the Clippers team with the same guys on this roster. So I think a lot of it is really dependent on, you know, how well they can, you know, feed Mello, how well he can uh, facilitate down low because that is – their, their game plan is is very nice, and it's uh, very much inside out. And what I like to see is how how many more looks Mello will create for them. You know, one of the things, we all know Mello is going to drop you 20-plus, 6-plus, and 4-plus. So it's like, all right, he's going to cu- give you a good spread, and he's going to be one of the most reliable shooters. You can kind of dump him the ball for free points mm. uh, pretty often. So one of the things I want to see is, all right, with that matchup as it stands, my concern now becomes how do they actually match up against these teams in the West, like you were talking about, like the Spurs, like the Warriors, like the Rockets, at the top of the uh, at the top of the West. And I don't know if that's a favorable matchup, even mm-hmm. by adding Carmelo Anthony, because they're so shallow on the bench. Then, well, one thing that that you can't you might not need to worry about at least you know easing mellow in is you do have one fourth of uh, team banana boat there in yeah. Chris Paul and then you also have Raymond Felton who he did play for uh, play with previously so he does have some you know a, a little bit of, of experience there with him and I, I mean maybe Paul Pierce as well as being there as a presence I know him and Carmelo haven't played before but you know they've been in the leads league oh, like past Olympics well. maybe I don't even know if they ever. Played I don't. Together. I don't think Paul. I don't. Know, I don't remember if Paul was was on a on the same uh, Olympic team as Melo, but possibly that that as well. But uh, you know, you just expect those two at least know each other well yeah. enough because you know the obviously the battles between New York and Boston then as well when when Paul was in, in, in Brooklyn. So you expect that to be be there a little bit. So I, I look at this team and if, if you're saying that the starting five is CP3, JJ Redick, Carmelo Anthony. Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, all these guys are healthy. I honestly think that they can at least challenge 
the Golden State Warriors yep. in a series. I don't know if they're going to be able to win that series because I'm not that big on Melo in general, but you're going to at least have an even series between Steph and CP3 the way that CP3 and, and Steph have been playing this year. Mm-hmm. J.J. Redick and, and Clay, you know, I, I would take Clay there just because he is younger, more th- athletic. Uh, KD and, and Carmelo, I'll take KD clearly, but still, Having you know, crazy so you're basically here. like you're taking the Warriors. Let's be honest. Well, you didn't let me finish. Uh, then you got DeAndre versus Blake, which I would say is honestly a push. I mean, I think I think Deion, uh, Draymond's a, a better uh, a better defender clearly, but I still think that Blake Griffin athleticism will definitely be mm-hmm. able to match up there, and I will easily take DeAndre Jordan over, over Zaza. Over Zaza. Well, it's and one I think, of the I think stars Zaza. But, but I think that's where you can really beat up. The Warriors is down low, and if you have guys like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, we saw this well, with the Thunder last year. They were able to create a lot. Here's the better question, and this is could help the Clippers of why they might need to make a trade. What usually happens to Blake Griffin and CP3? Well, obviously the they, injured, they well, usually get hurt. So if that happens again, then you can say, well, we'll have Melo to lean on if CP3 goes out or if Blake gets hurt. Well, if if one of those guys go down, then they're fucked. Let's put it simply. If one of those guys go down, then they're screwed. Maybe they win, you know, get past the first round. But that's it. that's about hmm. it. If they if if any of those four go down, they're screwed. If JJ goes down, they might be able to make it up a little bit, or it won't hurt them as much. But still, if CP3, Blake, Mello, or, or DeAndre go down, then they are completely done. I mean, that goes for any team. If Kevin Durant goes down tomorrow with a knee injury. God, I hope that doesn't happen. Warriors War- could still make Warrior it to the Western Conference Finals, though. I don't know about that. I, I, I would, think I would still make it I to would the, say the Spurs and, and Houston could definitely give them a run for their money. I honestly think so. And both of those teams. Because those teams have gotten the, way better since 2014, how, 2015. However, but if both, both those, those teams would meet them in the finals if the standings yeah. were like they are today. Okay, but then if you have a healthy Clippers team that just got Carmelo. I still think that. Like, the have, thing with me is I still think a Warriors team, even without KD, could beat the Clippers. But a Clippers team without KD that has Melo, CP3, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Jordan and JJ Redick. You think that team can beat the Really to me with the Warriors it all comes down to how well are they shooting? And I know that the big thing with them was their big man, but I still think that they'd be able to take a Clipper team on, but that's besides the point. The thing is with this mellow deal, I think of and this is the thing that just popped into my head. If you're a Clipper fan, do you even want this? Do you want mellow on your team because of like Dave was mentioning, it depletes your bench. You're pretty much riding that starting five to basically take you all the way. I think most teams are doing that now. I mean, really, so the only look teams at the Cavs. That, they had the, what? But uh, the Cavs have eight man team. I think eight man roster in the but, playoffs. Last but year. the Cavs have the big three. They well, really, they have uh, LeBron James, the greatest player in the NBA, the second player, like the second but not the unanimous MVP. No, he wasn't the unanimous MVP. Of course, he wasn't. That's Steph Curry. But you also have Kyrie, who is clutch and can hit a shot. Well, last year he hit the shot in clutch time. One shot. That, that's why, well, that's all it came down to. All you needed was that one shot. Just saying. And that's what stole the series. But the thing is, with the Clippers, I think what would happen is if they make this trade, I think that depleted bench would be the thing to come back and bite them in the end because they wouldn't have LeBron James. Well, we didn't, we, oh, not a lot of teams <laughs> well, have LeBron James. And that's, Only one well, I was saying LeBron that for the, for, the, for, the, for the Cavalier part. Of course the Cavaliers don't need the best of bench because they have LeBron James. They have the best player in the NBA. But when we look at that bench, you have players like Bryce Johnson, Raymond Felton, you have most Bates, you have Luka Mamamute, you have guys there. And I, I think Paul Pierce is pretty much done. Uh, and you're most likely going to lose Wes Johnson, Austin Rivers, and then Jamal Crawford. But Crawford isn't giving that much to this Clippers team. Austin Rivers has been a nice surprise, but he's most likely going to be the focal point or, or the, the the best player you're losing. And Wes Johnson's nice off the bench. But if you're saying, who would I, who would I rather have on my team, a trio of Austin Rivers, uh, Jamal Crawford, or... Uh, Wesley Johnson over Carmelo, I'll take Carmelo. Even though I think that Carmelo is a completely selfish person, I think that Carmelo has previously shown, especially in the Olympics, that he can be a a player that can not only facilitate and and score, he can also just be a guy that can sit out there and shoot. And I think that's one thing that with with so much space... playing Olympics ball. You're in trouble. With so much spacing that you'll have with DeAndre playing down low, CP3 being able to create, J.J. Redick spacing the floor, even Blake being able to space the floor, I think that can really play into... I'll, I'll, you know, kind of perfectly for the Clippers. I think that would give them one of the best starting five in the league. Absolutely, they're, they'd be an extremely dangerous team. Um, the the one thing that I 
you know, I know Ricky mentioned injuries, and we're, we have to hope that you know, without injuries, that starting five legitimately could could take anybody in a series like to six to seven, no problem. And the thing that kind of makes me question it is just, I, I I think it's the kind of history of Carmelo Anthony that I'm not a fan of. It's you know he where he's been, where he's gone, and what's happened to those teams. And that's not success. Like, we see, you know, him on the Nuggets when mm-hmm. he first came in the league, he was supposed to be, like, right behind LeBron. He's like, mm-hmm. look, LeBron's one, I'm two, let's do this, and we'll be dynamic players in the league. And we saw LeBron kind of continue to build his game and evolve to become, you know, the greatest player in the NBA right now. And Carmelo... Melo got ne- lumpy. Melo got lumpy. That's, that's a nice phrase, yeah. And that team couldn't win. And mm-hmm. then he goes and demands his way out to New York. He became a problem publicly got his wishes, went to New York, and then we watched that team, I mean, not do just to him due to a lot of poor management on top of it, but like another team where he should have had the chance to succeed and he couldn't put the team on his back. This is a scenario where he's coming into a like ready-made, it's like, come on, all you have to do is you know hit start on the microwave and you're good to go. Like This is a team that is set to go for the playoffs. They are set, they've done it before, and all you have to do is fill in this one role and that's just... Be well, there, be healthy in the playoffs, and be our shooter. And the one thing I just I think of is I just I keep playing back the kind of tape that we've had from some of the other like analysts that are like, oh well, do players want to play with Carmel Anthony? Is he a selfish player? Because obviously went for the money, and also when he was a free agent, it was oh I wanted to be wined and dined because I never had that before. Went to Chicago, went to L.A. before choosing. The Knicks, but the one thing I did want to bring up with the Clippers was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, after this year, have early termination options in their contract. Blake has Let, said, though, recently that he does want to sign, re sign with the Clippers as soon as possible. But here's the thing that I'm going with obviously, I'm assuming both CP3 and Blake are going to exercise that option. Because they want to get their money. They want to get that money from the boom that we've been seeing with players. Mm -hmm. If you get mellow and let's say CP3 and Blake want to pay raise, who are you going to pay? One of them is probably going to go, right? I mean, yeah, if you keep Blake, then CP3 walks. I would Are you going to be able to keep everyone if you have Mello on this I team? I would say you swing Mello right away. Because he's locked up for three. He's locked up for then two more years on top of that. See, I, I think the thing, though, I think this is the this is the last year of these three together. I think this is the last year of CP3, Blake, and DeAndre together. And that's why I think they're making a move towards Carmelo, is so that they can at he's least the make the most franchise. out of here. <laughs> Who, Mello? Oh, you heard me say it. Mello's the future of the LA Clippers? Yep. He's, yep. <laughs> he's under contract for how long? It would be what two more years after this. He's one? gonna get that Kobe contract. That Kobe, uh, that Kobe contract, of two years, twenty eight million or whatever that was. He's gonna get that. He's gonna be the new. Uh, he's gonna be the new uh, Kobe of uh, of L A. I just. I mean, think... what a catastrophe that city would be if <laughs> if both. I mean, I know I know Blake said he wants to come back, but if CP three and him walked, like, I mean, would you feel good as a Clippers fan knowing well, that Melo is your guy of the franchise? And actually, <laughs> no, I, cor- <laughs> I, I think so. I correct myself. I said two. I forgot after next season, Mello has an early termination oh, in this so, contract. So, so it's, it's really, not as bad. It's really next year because, let's be honest, Mello wants, wants more the money. money. And also, I mean, well, everyone wants the fucking money. If, if, the well, Knicks yeah. said, if the Knicks said, hey, I'll give you $20 more million than the well, Bulls can, I said, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah give me the next contract. And I'm not trying to say, well, oh, We're talking about the next they shouldn't take the option. I'm They're saying that Playing with Derek Rose and Jim Butler. Homer goggles. And I mean, how did play, playing with Derrick Rose get get mellow this year? I mean, they're they're not doing so hot. No, they're not. But that's also because Joe Kim Noah is like forty and can shoot like he shouldn't he have shoot, hands. He shoots. I don't like think this. he's got hands anymore. He shoots like this. He's got nubs. That's how he shoots. He shoots. Anyways, <laughs> let's get off the nub, Joe Kim Noah. I, I just I look at this and, and you mentioned something, Dave, that I, I do want to bring up is that Mello is a guy that really has gotten a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. And I, you didn't say this exactly, but I'll just put it out there. He gets a lot of hype and that he used to score a ton, but he was never mm-hmm. a great player. You look at his his stats you know, overall throughout his career, he's never had a per over like 24. Yep. And that's awful. You see superstars, Carmelo's over, uh, around 27. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, CP3. Said, yeah. CP3. I keep mixing up CP3 <laughs> and Melo. 
Uh, CP3 is usually around 27. LeBron's usually around 27. Russ right now is at 31. James Harden's around 27. Steph in his uh, uh, MVP year was around 30. You see these guys get really ridiculously high up in their person. If we're taking that as the efficiency rating, Melo's not that efficient. Melo is not a player that can really change your franchise, but if he's in the right role where he would be, I feel, in this Clipper spot as a shooter and a scorer strictly, I think that would be very helpful for Melo's career, and I think that would really push them towards the, you know, the top of the Western Conference because I look at you know the Spurs, and I don't see them that much as a threat. I think that— you know, What? I think that they're absolutely fantastic, and I think I think uh, Kawhi is a, is a complete stud. You but, were just singing his praises not only a week or two ago. Yeah, but uh, what I, I'm, not pra- <laughs> I'm not singing the praises of that team. I'm singing okay. praises of Greg Popovich and, and Kawhi Leonard, but uh, uh, those t- those two are really the only things I see. I get it. Lamarcus Aldridge used to be a great player, but I I don't see the good. I don't see the same you know effectiveness as he used to have. Honestly, I, I look at Lamarcus Aldridge and I, I just see not the same player that he was in Portland. He, he just seems like. His game really hasn't translated well enough hmm. over to to Portland. And thirty six yes, and nine hasn't translated. What I was gonna say was I I understand that <laughs> you just talk about the record. Talk about the record. Okay. Thirty six and nine is pretty damn good in the West. I'm not saying they're a bad team, Only but two I'm saying and a half they're not the well, bad. Okay, but what were what were they the last year? Team? What were they last year? Sixty seven and and twelve, right? Yeah, they're a good team. Something stupid. They lost in the second round. They can, but this is a team that yeah they lost in the second round, but I would still. If it's me, I'm looking. Warriors and Spurs are my favorites in the Western Conference Finals, and the only team that I could see Rockettes. beating the Spurs are the Rockets. I would say right well, now the Rockets. The right, Rockets are Draymond Green. Right now, without oh, right, right now without guy. a trade, I'll say Warriors. That's for you, Dave. Without a trade right now, I'll say Warriors. I'll say Rockets, and I'll say Spurs. But if you get Carmelo on this Clipper team, I'll say Rockets, Clippers. Uh, I'm sorry, Warriors. I'm putting the Warriors. Warriors, hmm. Rockets, Clippers, Spurs. I think the Spurs are a very vulnerable team. I think they're a great regular season team because I think they have a fantastic coach. But you can't really you can you can hide that talent for mm-hmm. so long. And when you have so much talent going up against you in seven games, I think that's where the Spurs will be ex- exposed. And, yeah. and really, you know, you can you can bring up stats for Lamarcus Aldridge, but I just see the eye test of that team. And it just, just seems like it hasn't translated for him. For me, when it comes to the Clippers, though. And getting back to a little bit of the trade, I just think that this mellow trade might actually be, when we look at it five years down the line, the story that will be written is, man, did you remember when the Knicks got those picks? Remember when the Knicks got those picks and they're at where they're at right now? And where are the Clippers? Oh, crap. They got screwed. Because the one thing that I look at after this season, you've got... CP3 and Blake Griffin with their early terminations, and then that next year, DeAndre Jordan and Melo have their early terminations, and it's one of those things where with how much money you do have and how much those salaries are going to increase, you only got enough money for a certain amount of people. You're not going to be able to keep all four of them. You'll have Blake and Draymond because I mean, I'm sorry, Blake and DeAndre. Why do I keep messing up my players today? Blake, you'll you'll have Blake and DeAndre mm-hmm. because DeAndre obviously just uh, resigned after that huge debacle with Dallas, and then you have Blake Griffin, who I think is going to sign because he's at home in LA. Right. So I, I think that really the only two that you have to worry about is CP3 and Melo, where. CP3, while he's still a fantastic player, he's getting up there in age. God, Carmelo him, getting up there in age. He could go. And- CP3's game ages well, though. That's the difference. Well, I, the, I think he has a game that translates to any age group. Like he'd be out there at the wide killing it I mean, at like I mean, forty five. No what problem. What I'm saying though, I mean, he's thirty one right now. Team banana he's gonna boat. He's gonna be. He's gonna Team be, banana boat without Mello. Don't put Mello in there. But it's just CP3. I, I, I have a question LeBron. for you guys: Is Carmelo Anthony this generation's um, Chuck? Is he Charles Barkley of our generation? He's around, Michael. It's a round mound of rebounds. He's a round mound of headband. I uh, mean, the only difference is he never went to a finals. Not yet, but on this team he could. I still don't think, I don't he, think goes he will. To the finals on this team. I don't think he will. But it, he's such a. Are you just a, saying a, fantastic a, great, a great player that never had postseason success? Who is known for his overwhelming dominance when scoring the ball? And I know Charles had the rebounding mm-hmm. much, much better than uh, Carmelo. But it, it's yeah, it, it's it's somebody who is one of the top players of of a generation or of a, of a 10, 15 year time period, and you know. We're just not going to see him be able to compete for a championship because there's just so much talent ahead of him. And I think that's all I see him as. I think he's never going to get there. 
I really don't believe you will. I think it's a very interesting argument, and I, I really can't disagree with it. I, I, I can see what you bring up there, where he, he's a guy that can score a lot, but you know he never and, has. And not now only he's the looking team at his third him. team. And, and plus, he's you, you could also just see that you know kind of the personality is bigger than the actual player. Where Melo, yep. there's this aura around him where he's he's you know it, it's really you know it, it's deserved in some ways, but it's not truly deserved. Where Chuck was a fantastic player, Melo's a fantastic player, but mm-hmm. you've never seen them take that next step where they were an MVP. You know where they. I think Charles they, did get an MVP in the regular season. Yeah, well, he was uh, MVP in ninety two, ninety three. But I mean, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm saying the more, finals like, here. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, like it was Paxton. You know, that was the Paxton com- combined between the two of them. <laughs> They don't. They have one MVP. I mean, you know, you look at them like consistent All Star for both of them, but yep. they really were never able to take that next level to greatness. Where Jordan was able to do that, uh, LeBron's obviously been able to do that. Kobe's been able to do that. You know, Chuck and, and Melo mm-hmm. obviously have been able to do that. And even like a guy like D Wade. I mean, D Wade well, was able to take that next yeah, step he as was. well. And that's why, to me, I think that it's it comes down with Melo. His biggest, to me, is knock over his career has been the personality because I think back, flashback six years ago with everything that happened, the decision, you had LeBron and Wade, the big free agents, who's going to go where, and really it could have happened where, hey, D, let's go to New York, let's play with Melo. But what happened? (laughs) They said, no, let's go to your place, and oh, let's call up our little brother Bosh. Well, at the time, little brother Bosch. I got respect for Chris Bosch now. But it's one of those things where they chose to bring in the mascot. The guy from, yeah, the mascot from Toronto to play with yeah, them in Miami Mello's, rather than go and play Mello's, with Melo in New York. Mello's always you were been. so sure they were going to New York, man. You had that drawn up. I remember. Oh, I thought, no, I thought that LeBron, LeBron like, I James had that, was solid I had that, in New York. I had that blind hope that uh, watching the decision, like, please pick the Bulls. Please pick the Bulls. I didn't think he would in the head, but I had that blind hope. You have a lot of blind hope in the Bulls. Well, yeah. would you? Would you hope Fan that he's going to your team? Do. I think everyone was hoping oh, that yeah. LeBron was going to their team. Shit, but even no, the Nets we, were hoping. But no, we got fucking Carlos Boozer. But my point <laughs> is, they chose to, ah, let, let's go to Miami, let's play with Chris Bosh, then just say, ah, let's go to New York and play with Melo. So to me... His personality. I if I'm the Clippers, I'd look at this trade and go, "Nah, we don't need him." Is Melo going to be a Clipper? And if Melo does become a Clipper, will they be a serious threat? He'll be a Clipper, even though I wouldn't have made the trade. And even with Melo, they will lose in the second round to the Warriors. Damn, Dave. I mean, Sam. Really? Really? I don't. I mean, it feels it feels wrong. <laughs> I know. I know what you're expecting on this side of the table, but I, I'll be honest with you. I, I feel. Pretty much the same. They're they're currently looking for a third team to to add on here. I just don't think the the Knicks who, are actually going to. Who do would it. be your third team? Because I tried to work one out with the Celtics. It didn't work. So I'm not yeah, even gonna say I, it. Well, you have Dallas and Phoenix who have a ton of cap room. You have the Bulls who can get rid of Rondo, and that's a ton of money right there. And, and obviously, they don't want him on, a, on, on that team. And the Bulls are Bulls travesty. Stay, stay away from this trade. Well, you're not gonna. I, you might. You might get Austin Rivers, or you might yeah, get. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want. You to might get, get like West. I don't want to get stuck with If we contracts. get Austin Rivers, that means we already have our head coach of the future picked out. Pulling Doc away <laughs> Doc from that. Rivers. That's a good trade. <laughs> yeah, I would take trade. Doc and Doc next year if they don't win a championship this year. If Doc True. somehow leaves town, we got Austin. I don't think. I don't think, third, Doc. I don't think the third team's gonna mean too much. I don't mm-hmm. think that's gonna be anything blockbuster. I mean, you, you gotta throw in. There. You gotta throw in some first round draft picks. So Melo still has value. I mean, as much as we should talk the man, he does put twenty two six and four. Sixers would make sense too because they got just so many assets. Hey, so trust hey, in the process. We'll get to him later. We'll get to him later. Don't worry. Uh, final thing I want to say on Melo. Uh, is Melo the Jay Cutler of the NBA? Because he's always whining, always moping. Eh, I could see it. I don't like that one. Both yeah. on teams just, that have orange and blue I, you on throughout, their color. I respect you yeah. Charles. So I, I respect Cutler more than Melo. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. That sounds Anyways, bad. But let's move on now to the second topic. We got the Cavs here. We talked about you know some banana boat players. We, got, mm-hmm. we talked about CP3. We talked about Melo. I kept mixing up those two for some fucking reason. Because team banana uh, boat. Yeah, and now we're moving on to uh, head banana boat master, head, the, the banana boat captain, LeBron yep. James. And uh, LeBron James saying in a quote, we need fucking playmakers. And the question is, are the Cavs becoming too complacent? Because LeBron now calling out the front office and even Dan Gilbert now coming out and saying, no, we're, we're cool, we're, we're good. LeBron's just showing his frustration. Uh, and, and even Tristan Thompson coming out saying, it's not about, you know, you have the talent that you have. Go out and win with it, and pretty much calling out LeBron. So, Ooh. are the Cavs becoming complacent, Dave? Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, they are. 
they are complacent. They haven't even signed a 15th man to this roster. Like, think about that. They just, they're rolling with 14. And LeBron James is playing the most minutes in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fucked up when you think about 37.6. Kind, kind of messed up when, when your team is too lazy to go out and just grab anybody. There's a lot of players out there who would who'd be happy to play on that team with you for minimum contracts. And, you know, nah, we'll just roll with 14. Nate Robinson pretty much, you know, saying, LeBron, take me. Nate Robinson <laughs> trying to make a comeback. Uh, and, and he said they need a backup point guard. Hey, maybe Nate Robinson's out there. But, Ricky, have the Cavs become complacent? Well, it's weird because if we're talking the front office side, like, although Gilbert's not my favorite as a front office man for a team, you can't say the thing that I can't criticize him on is spending money because he's obviously spent the most money to get players in the door for LeBron. And me, when you come to the complacency, I think of, okay, this team just won a championship and we're starting to see a little bit of a, to me, a championship hangover where it's kind of the party hasn't stopped necessarily. And it's like the one thing where obviously LeBron, Kyrie, they're getting to work. But maybe, like, LeBron's getting a little angry that, hey, you know what? Maybe everyone's not on the same page that we are kind of a thing. I don't know about that. I mean, no, I totally, like, the thing that, and it's like. Teams struggle. That's well, the thing we have no, to realize. I'm, I'm it's saying, the mid-year, it's like, like, drudge right now, too. It's not a year a, ago to almost to the week. They fired well, David Blatt. That, that's the thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's uh, it's the uh, year anniversary of uh, the Fast Break Podcast with this hey. crew. Uh, podcast anniversary. So, podcast anniversary. And we, we just talked I mean, it was we this time last year. We didn't get a cookie cake or anything. This, we <laughs> we got to get a cookie that. cake next yep. year. This, team last, uh, this time last year, we are talking about David Blatt just being fired. Mm-hmm. And, and that obviously gave them a kickstart well, there. But the thing I want to mention is every team goes through this. I mean, the Raptors are currently going through this at four and six. They're just being quiet about it. I just think with this team, it's one of those things where, la- like, obviously last year was different because Cleveland had never won a title. There was that cloud kind of hanging over their heads to where it's like, let's go, let's go. We got to win. We got to do this for the mm-hmm, city. Mm-hmm. Whereas, oh, we've won it. And there seems to be this year a little bit overall of not as much pressure on that gas pedal as it was last year. And the one if, thing if the, there's not as much if there's not as much pressure on the gas pedal, then why is LeBron James playing more minutes than ever? Well I'm saying it's not LeBron or Kyrie that's letting up. Mm-hmm. It's the supporting cast mm. that is. Well, I mean the one guy and I'm not gonna bring call him, him out to call him out, but to call me I look at Richard Jefferson. Dude, he's our biggest fan. And the reason why is, like, I follow I follow Jefferson on Snapchat, and I love the funny Snapchats. I love the road tripping podcast with uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry. but it's one of those things where I look at that stuff and I go, ah, all this wouldn't have been happening last year. Yeah, I think Towards they like, would have like, why aren't you focusing on serious. basketball? But also, you got to mention, Rick, Richard Jefferson's 36. Was yeah, he should have retired. Mulling retirement. Yeah, what's, no, come what, back what's his minutes more. per game at and like he's, this and year? And he's banged up, and he's, he's currently playing uh, 19 minutes per game, which is more than last year. Yeah. So, well, it's kind of... Well, it's one two, of those two things where it's like one of those... Like, that usually is contagious kind of a thing. You're right. It, it, it is a... Uh, I want to say mood, but it's the culture of mm-hmm. that locker room. And, and LeBron is all about fun and games, like before games. Mm-hmm. But when that whistle blows and tip off happens, like he's a different person competitively. And you you got to remember, I mean, look at look at the Halloween party LeBron threw. I mean, he was making warrior jokes, jokes warriors. left and yep. right. So I mean, obviously LeBron's all about you know. But I think the one thing is is that it's LeBron, easy to do when you're winning too. A LeBron's doing this to just kind of get a kickstart out of his team so he doesn't have to do as much playing 37 minutes per mm-hmm. game, which is the most in the NBA. Yep. I think it's also just something that we see this every year. We see that, you know, with uh, you know, we saw the David Blatt firing last year, the year before that. We see the trade for, uh, that was for Mozgov, uh, JR, and Shumpert then. So usually this is around the time where LeBron's like, all right, now we need to get everything going. Well, now we need to get things kickstarted. And the one thing, and I'm not saying like, oh, that – the Cavaliers aren't going to make the playoffs or they're not going to make the finals. I mean, part of it is the really, fact that they know that they're going to go deep in the playoffs. Well, and the expectation is, yeah, we're probably going to the and championship. That, and that's it. But the one thing that is like completely flipped of last year, think about the Warriors last year. Although while they were setting the record, mm-hmm. you could look at that team and go, of course, it's easy to have fun when you're winning. Yep. But they were a team just coming off of a championship. 
were allowed to kind of take that gas pedal off. Now, they were really, really good and were able to set that record. Yeah. But they had that confidence. they were okay. Along with that kind of, we're going to take pressure off the Having gas pedal. Having only played three quarters of the game is pretty nice. And look what happened in the finals for them. They were up 3-1 and then lost. Whereas three this one, year, <clears throat> it's kind of to me, I see those two teams and I see the attitudes have kind of flipped where the Cavaliers of that team, we're going to the playoffs. We're probably going to get to the finals. It'll be fine. Whereas the Warriors, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to get the best free agent from last year. And they have kind of looked like a team where it's like, no, no, no. We ain't going to let last year happen again kind of a thing. Am I saying the Warriors are going to beat the Cavs? No. I'm just saying there seems to be a 180 flip in the attitudes of these teams well, in a year's time. I don't think anyone's going to say that you're calling the winner of the NBA Finals right now because I don't think anyone's saying that. But I understand where you're coming from. I also think it's more of I think where the Warriors need to gel. The Warriors just brought in the biggest free agent signing pretty much ever in Kevin Durant because, yeah. well, I mean, well, LeBron, but one of the one of the biggest Number two. Uh, ever. Uh, and, and bringing in KD, and you need to have that team gel. You need to have that team going because when you go to the playoffs, you can't take a, a series off against a team like Houston. You can't take a series well, off I'm against just San saying, Antonio. Like, we haven't like looked at this Warrior team and thought, ah, they're taking games off kind of a thing. They're Whereas not. I look at this Cavs team, and after LeBron, Kyrie, and I'll throw K-Love in there too. Because they have a phenomenal season. After those three, I look at it and go, is the rest of this team on the same page? I mean, or they're is, nowhere near talent-wise. Or is, is everyone else kind of sitting there and uh, the party just – has the party officially stopped from last year? I think it's more, like Dave mentioned, that the, just the talent's not there. That LeBron makes these players so many so much better. I mean, obviously, you know, Kyrie and, and Caleb help as well. Yeah. I, think, I think those players are just extremely talented as they are. But I'm, I'm talking more players like Channing Frye, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver. Well, Kyle, he's actually struggled with the, with the Cavs. But Shumpert, Tristan Thompson, Rich Jefferson – uh, I'm saying he's brings out the best of these players, and I think they're more of I think they've come complacent because they're like, well, we have LeBron, we're going to be fine in the playoffs. And they because, think they can turn it on. That's that's the I thing I'm waiting to see too. is if they think they can turn on whenever it, they need to, but and they not can't. Like a light switch. And that's what I'm saying. I yeah. that's my concern is this team. We're saying what what they think. You we're not saying yeah, that this yeah. is what's happening. Yeah, this is a team that they understand it's the regular season, and that doesn't matter for a lot. They want that home field, home court advantage going into the playoffs, but they've got a cushion, and, and they're going to take it. And there were also comments that, oh, I heard them today, or it was today or yesterday from Christine Leahy on The Herd, where yep. she had mentioned LeBron made comments like, oh, yeah, like the best three on this team, me, Kyrie, and Love, and he kind of, it was like a little jab, like everyone was looking at it as a little jab to Tristan Thompson, and it's like, that's yeah. one of the things I look at, whereas... He's a guy, look at how much money he's getting paid, and that's another reason why I can't really... Yeah, but LeBron got him that money, so it's not like LeBron doesn't like Tristan Thompson. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah, saying no, no, it's just one of those things like, come on, big boy. I, you could say it where you got paid, that's what I would say, you got the money, or you can say what Sean just said, come on, big boy, I got you that money, earn that money now. Not up or shut up. It's one of those things where it's like, you you didn't get paid to slack off. Like With the money that he's getting paid, 29 minutes... Seven points a game. I mean, nine re- nine point six rebounds is good, but he should be I, a double double machine. He has to be, and it's one of the things where I just look at this team. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. Are they going to make the conference finals? Yes. Will they make the finals? Probably about ninety nine point nine percent sure. I mean, there's that point one percent of me that says maybe the Raptors can knock them off if Demar Derozan turns it on, but most likely it'll be the Cavaliers and the Warriors in the finals, but if that Warriors finals matchup happened, I just I go back to it. I think that one eighty shift in attitudes might be the nail in the coffin for the Cavs this year. And the final thing I want to throw out here is is LeBron saying we need another playmaker and and looking out who is available. Is there anyone Double. that is there anyone Rayshon. or Wade. Is he the one is he are those two or the one? Wade. Yeah that, seriously one one or the other. Th- those are the only players that you're, you're thinking of, though. I think that would what because I think that's what would make LeBron happiest. Is Rajon a good fit though for the Cavs? He's a point guard. But does that Backup are we just guard. plug and play? He is a no. He's a guy that I mean, good distributor. Are you going to add him in? A guy who obviously is he's clearly, a smart basketball player, and that's yeah, that's what LeBron likes. LeBron is a very intellectual basketball player. People don't give him as much enough credit for like. 
I know he's an athletic freak of, of the things we've never seen before. And in LeBron the NBA. wants a guy that's going to come in and get to work. And there you go. And you got someone but like is Rondo. Is John Rondo going to? You look you at just, him this year at the Bulls. You just heard Rondo come out publicly and criticize but the veterans that, on his own team but is that for because, slacking up ring every night. That LeBron's like, but, hell yeah, that's a guy who's going to be there for me. But is that because Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler are calling them out now? Because if this was happening, I mean, trust me, I, I love what Rajon Rondo did. And I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk, jump on mm-hmm. behind the pen and talk to you guys about this. I love what Rajon Rondo did. Yeah, but I don't love Rajon Rondo. Well, and we're consistently well, and bringing and, no, up and that's the player thing. issues and, and character like, issues with well, Rajon Rondo. Mike and Mike talked about it today, and it's a big point of with Rajon Rondo. You love what he did in the Instagram post, but his reputation overweighs and outweighs the question is if he act. is under LeBron James. I think he acts differently. I think just like he was under Paul Pierce, under KG, KG and under Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. It's it's different one year in a environment that gives you that kind of structure, and to know that you're around winners. Huh. When you're around guys, what does Cleveland also have a big what? Yeah, a big three. Huh. Big three. Funny. And one of them is a head coach and a GM. <laughs> So, how about you hold soon your fucking horse to talk to be owned. I, I can't just bring something up. Though. No, no, I, I respect like, it. And I, I think the problem in Chicago is the fact that no one ever respects Hoiberg, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to respect him. And I think Rondo I mean, you don't is respect a, Rick Carlisle, who's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Different situation, and just, that was that again, was a bad devil's fit. advocate. I appreciate it. I just think that going in under LeBron James, that would be the ideal situation to see mm-hmm. the best out of Rondo. Because now Rondo wants to prove somebody wrong. He wants to prove Chicago wrong and be like, look. You guys had your chance with me. You didn't want to use me right. You, you had a shitty coach. You had a shitty team. I'm going to go play for the champs, and I'm going to help them win one. I don't know. I mean, I, I look at then the D-Wade thing is interesting, too, just because how how is that going to cap-wise? I mean, obviously— D- Lots w- of money. Will D-Wade and LeBron get along? I mean, obviously— you know. It, Really? <laughs> it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, but Straight sarcasm. Cap-wise, obviously, I mean, that's going to be something interesting. I mean, like, will you give up a player like Shumpert? I mean, he's he's— a huge contract really? you're going to need to give if up. If Wade's yeah. the guy you're looking at and you're looking He's for a, a trade this year, I'm sorry, Tristan Thompson, had, like that's the no, biggest you contract. You can't, you can't Tristan move Thompson Tristan Thompson just because of a contract. But that's the thing. If you need a guy to fill up money, he is the next biggest contract besides the big so, three. But then you're you losing Mello, a player. Or, I'm sorry, you, t- you take uh, Kevin Love and force him to play down low again? I mean that's I'm not, that's not, I'm not saying you do it, Dave, but that's what if like because of the money Wade's at that's why I don't think Wade gets traded as a cat. And that's why I don't think Rondo gets I, I, I think, think Rondo they, they don't could. have another center on that roster even. I don't think I don't think Wade's getting traded because of the money and I don't uh, think call up call up LeBron James' dad, Greg Oden, <laughs> get him out here, play center for him. <laughs> and I don't th- and I don't think Rondo's getting traded either just because of the character issues. I, I don't think LeBron truly wants that. Greg Oden had a because, ring, right? He got it in my LeBron's team. But I he was up there in the stands and he literally looked like an age level. LeBron James is creepy. I think if 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 LeBron truly wanted another playmaker, yeah. and he he wanted someone, he would have because apparently the the K Love Mellow thing was out, and he's like, no, they we, weren't we, getting enough value back. But but still, I mean, it, they would try to work something out there. If 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 Team Banana Boat meant so much that he really wanted to play with Mellow, he would get up, give. He rid knows of next K-Love. year he can he has a chance at swaying someone like CP3 or Dwayne Wade to play with him. So I think that's just. This year, he wants to go up against that super team, and he wants to prove again that I'm the best player in the NBA, regardless of them having you know w- having the second and third best player in the NBA on the Warriors, and then Draymond, and then Clay. It's just like that team is so incredibly loaded. I'm glad he's aware that they aren't going to compete. Well, I don't want to say they aren't going to compete. Mm-hmm. I want to say that they don't have the best chance to beat them right now because this roster isn't finished. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that he's unhappy with this roster and their recent performance. And right now I just pulled up the trade machine with D. Wade. I mean, his contract is $23.2 million. And, I mean, Amon Shumpert is $9.6 million. Like, you would need to either trade him, Fry, Jefferson, and a bunch of Lobies, or put Tristan Thompson or J.R. Smith in that yeah, trade. Yeah, and that's why I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, one player, though, I'm going to throw out three as trade. a playmaker uh, Could here. be a three-team. And, and maybe he's more of a shooter, and yep. maybe he, but he's been putting up points recently. Yep. And he's played with LeBron before, Uh-oh. and he's got experience with Cleveland. Right, right. Dave, you got a got, you got a guess? I, I'm just completely overreacting. I was going to say, no isn't idea. James Jones already on? I think he's already on <laughs> yeah. the Cavs. It's Dion, it's Dion Oh, my God. Because he's been lighting it up. 
He had that game winner against the Warriors. He had back to back game winners. Uh, the De- one against the Warriors. Dion Waiter. Oh. Dion Waiter's been fucking playing mad out of his mind recently. And I love the confidence coming off him too. Yeah, just soaking it. against <laughs> against Milwaukee thirty three, against Golden State thirty three, against Brooklyn twenty four, against Chicago nineteen. He's been on foyer. So I don't know. Maybe Dion Waiters. Bring Dion Waiters there. back to town. Let's throw him out there. Uh, I don't know. If you have a playmaker, bring back Waiters. If you have a, if you have <laughs> Let's a play, start at Cleveland. If you have a playmaker out there, that's not. Rajon Rondo, D Wade, or Dion Waiters. Tell us in the comments down below uh, to see who the Cavs really should bring in because I don't think the Cavs are being complacent. I think it's just LeBron likes to be a, a little fire starter and kick, kick some dirt around uh, around the All Star break. But let's move on to our next topic, and that is Luke Walton. Luke Walton dropping some big comments about dropping taking some knowledge. No, maybe not knowledge. <laughs> but just knowledge dropping yeah. an op- opinion uh, because because Sam Hinkie would uh, disagree otherwise because the process has been working. Uh, Luke Walton coming out and pretty much saying the Lakers will not tank because it pretty much sets sets a bad precedent. Mm-hmm. Ricky, before we jump into the question about is Luke Walton right about tanking, can you please read us his comments about well, tanking? What Luke said was, I don't believe in it. I believe in trying to play the right way and have a culture. You're going to try to win no matter what. If you start losing on purpose, I think the basketball gods come back to get you in the long run and good things aren't going to work out for you. We try to do things the right way around here. We're going to play to win. And he goes on and talks about Philly, but that was the main thing, him saying, we're going to play to win here in L.A. So taking all that in, should the Lakers, A, be tanking, and then B, is Luke Walton right about tanking? Because Ricky's saying no, yet this was the guy saying, well, you don't want to be tanking, but you want to get that top three pick. Well, for their situation, it's... Yeah, you want the top three pick, but spoiler alert, this team doesn't need to tank to get that top three pick. They're not very good Define this tanking. Year. I mean, that's and intentionally losing versus playing a roster that, you know, or just may being bad. not be able to win. You can just be or bad. Or you just don't have the talent on the floor to win a the, game. And the thing about the Lakers this year, the great thing about the Lakers this year, they can put out a roster that won't win and still try to win and most likely lose. The thing that I think that's we called all, being a bad team, and that's what they are. And the one thing that I get to, but, and this is tanking overall, yeah. is if you deliberately tank and say we are going to lose games, it is not going to be fun, but it will get better. I think I just think that does a disservice to the fans because you're basically saying, yeah, you know what? I still want you to come. I still want you to buy tickets and buy jerseys. But we're going to be horrible, and we're going to suck, and the product that's out there on the court will not be worth the money you're paying to go to that game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's one interpretation of tanking, and I, I can respect that, but I think that he's—I think Luke Walton's absolutely wrong. I think this is a team that should not steer away from the tank. I think that your best bet to become a real contender is to— So turn into the tank. Turn in, yeah. You turn into go the tank. Go with the skid. Yep. Absolutely. Look, this is a team that has uh, about five or six young guys who can really benefit from this time on the court. And like Ricky said, they're probably not going to win a whole lot of games together. But in order to be as bad as they were last season, they have to go 1-31 and to finish out the season. Probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not talking about, like, they. we're not saying they're going to get the number one pick. No, but they got to get the number three pick. And they or could, they don't get a pick. And they could possibly do that, knowing with how the NBA draft lottery goes, no matter where they finish, they'll get the top Dude, three. Dude, David Stern comes back, <laughs> I'm going to choke him. But the one thing, I just, like, I love these comments by Luke Walton because it's basically him saying, I have a young team here. Yep. I don't want to, kind. it's kind of like, I don't want to put poison in the water and get these young players that we already have used to losing. I yeah. want to teach them the right way. I want to teach them how to win, the hard work, playing to win, and you know what? Whatever player we get in the draft, we get in the draft. But you might not get a player in the draft is the concern. And I think that the, well, it's the right thing to say publicly. I I hope he doesn't mean it because I think that the best, like I said, the best chance for this team to be successful is to get that draft pick this year, is to continue building because this is a team that doesn't have all the pieces on their roster yet. So they need to go out there, get in, get a top three pick, and then add someone in free, add a couple people in free agency because this is a roster that we've seen have have moments early this season where it was like, holy shit, this this is potential. Mm-hmm. Luke 10, Walton 10. here yep. is is going to work out for the Lakers team, and I think he will. I just think that they 
peaked really high and really early, and we saw it, and now it's like, all right, we're back to reality. We're back to where we kind of expect them to be at the very, not the very, very bottom, but, like, pretty bad. Right but now, we see, like, little, little, little glimmers right of hope now here and there. Right now, they'd be the second pick. Exactly, and that's that's the thing. Like, the last four years, 27 wins, 21 wins, 17 wins. Like, this is a team that's not been trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And if you look at other teams who have had similar records over that time period, where are they at now compared to where are you at? And I know Kobe is an extenuating circumstance because no one expected him to, you know, have that injury and then just completely not be able to rehab correctly mm-hmm. or, you know, be around zero talent so he couldn't win games. But the the point being, you know, as long as you have an end goal in mind that all your players can see, I think you're fine with it. The, the problem is when you get into a Sixers situation for the past couple of years where it was like, yeah, there's no point in me trying because it doesn't matter and you don't want me to win. Like, you want to avoid that. I completely agree with you. You can't go out there and publicly say, nah, we're, we're going out there to lose 31 straight games. Like, that's our goal. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, with, with players like Brandon Ingram, who's trying to develop, D'Angelo Russell, who's trying to develop, same with Julius Randle, uh, Larry Nance, uh, Clarkson as well. I mean, they're really the only guys that if you, you go out and say, hey, you know, we're going to start tanking, and the only guy that's probably going to benefit is Lou Williams because he's probably going to play out of his mind so he gets off that team yep. and swaggy so he can get off that team as well. They're going to try to, their best to get off uh, that team. Entirely possible. And, and if, if, they're, you know, if, they, if their main goal is to win, then they're most likely going to be want to get off that team. But I, I agree. I, I don't think the Lakers should be tanking, and I think this is the right thing to say for Luke Walton. I think that they should be doing their best to get that top two pick because currently, uh, you know, come out with a mock draft soon, stay tuned, uh, where the Lakers sit, and they're getting a, a possibly game-changing point guard uh to, to, to get there so yeah i mean looking at that i mean and a, and a point guard that is small enough that or is big enough that could even play the two where you can flip him, I mean, his, him, him and comparison is is jason kidd which yeah. is just crazy to think about and, so. and d'angelo's a great scorer too and you can you can flip him as well so yep. i mean it, it, i don't think that luke walton should be saying yes our goal is to tank our goal is to get a top three pick, but I think their goal behind the scenes should definitely be like, hey, you know, Jerry, we're gonna, or you no, know, one of the bosses, I forget, Mitch Kupchak, you know, one of the one of the GMs are Genie, yeah. Genie. Yeah. Uh, we're Her gonna be and like, Phil aren't together anymore, though. It's sad. No, sad. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> uh, you know, th- th- their goal is probably like, yeah, we're going to try to get the top three pick, and I-, I think it's smart to do that behind the scenes and not come out and say, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna tank. And I-, I think that while he is right to do it the way he did. I think that teams should pr- kind of embrace the tank because we've seen mm-hmm. what the 76ers can do and what the 76ers have been able to do where you get a ton of draft picks and just pick the best player available because one of those, hey, they might become a star. And we, we've really seen the emergence of a star here so far. And you know, not saying that none of the players on the Lakers currently, like D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram, cannot become a star. But, you know, it's going to take time for those guys to develop, and you need time. And just hey, in a draft class that's as loaded as this one with the top-end potential, I think exactly. you, you absolutely do everything you can to get that pick. Well, and the thing that I look at is the kind of the team that Luke Walton came from obviously plays a huge part into wh- how he's thinking because I look at Golden State— where he did come from. And this was a team that during their kind of low time of, I'm looking from just 2009 through, I mean, 2012, they were 10, 13, 12, and 13 in the West. Then they were 6, 6, and then boom, 1, 1. And that was the, re, like the boom, the Warriors are here, and this is the Warriors we know. And, I mean, you can look at that 2009 draft, I mean, the Warriors had a seventh overall pick. Who did they take? Oh, the unanimous MVP in Steph Curry. So it's one of those things where, I mean, just looking at that alone, I mean, I know the Lakers, they need a top three pick because they won't have one if they don't. Yep. But it's one of those things where even in future drafts, it's Luke Walton kind of in these co- comments maybe saying, we don't need, like, you don't need a number one pick to Definitely get the number one guy. We've seen Buss. I mean, in that same draft, Hashim Thabit went number two. Where's Hashim Thabit now? Johnny Flynn went six. Where's he now? Five was Ricky Rubio. What are we saying about Ricky Rubio now? So it's one of those things where obviously you need to scout and you need to do your due diligence in the draft. Now, yeah, one, one team has Jerry West yeah. doing that for you, though. And that's the thing where with the Lakers, their biggest problem is the management. Notice how teams with good management draft good players. 
or find good players. The teams that well, we, don't on, have we can't good say management. That. D'Angelo yeah, Russell and, and Brandon Ingram and, and Julius Randle aren't good players. They just oh, might not, not be saying, stars. I'm not saying they're not good players, but it's one of those things. Look at the teams that have good management. They're the ones that are set up for success. And the big thing with this Laker team that as soon as soon as Daddy Bust passed away and sended this team to his children, it's been a complete 180 of what this team has been. And now I know Dave mentioned that we didn't expect Kobe to kind of fall off the cliff like he did, but it's yeah, one of those I mean, things where you got to... Achilles kind of does that. You got to look at management in a way, and I hope that this management looks at Luke Walton and goes, we're going to include you in on the process, because I think he'll be able to help them and say, this is a guy that fits my system. This is a guy that is... Don't say I'm the process. looking at to help. No, I wasn't going to say just, the process. You did. Well, we, you did. we'll get to the process. Well, and, and honestly, I think now is probably the perfect time because I think you, we've summed up exactly what we feel because yeah. the, Laker, the Lakers should be doing their best to get into the top three. I think we, we agree with that. And, and yes, the Lakers do have downfalls, but I don't think the Lakers are screwed per se because I think I think the current no. way that they, they are put with Genie and Cupcheck, I, I, I think that the Lakers do have the ability to be great. I think that the management right now mm-hmm. is perfectly fine, especially with the coaching that they do have. And I'd rather have Luke Walton set up the winning culture than tank on purpose to get a rock star player. I'd rather have that culture in place. Yeah, I mean, ideal for, world, they would have been able you to wanted, keep the tank commander, yeah, but was, Luke Walton was available. You stole my joke. So, <laughs> you stole my joke. They had to jump on it. I was about to say, if they wanted to keep the tank, if they, if they wanted to keep the tank era or aura around, they would have kept the tank commander around. But let's move on now, and Dave, you finally get to take the leash off. Oh, I'm, I'm sitting up for this one. No, we're talking draft. Six oh, draft, no. Right? No, we're not talking draft. And how they're going to draft Dennis Smith, then we're going to bring oh, it full God. circle. We are talking. Who you want to talk about who you want to talk about? We are talking <laughs> about the 76ers possibly being a playoff team. And how does that make draft. you feel, Dave? Wow. It's so good. It's, it, it's just like watching this team finally come together. We haven't even seen them at their best form yet. Ben Simmons isn't even playing yet. So they're not in their final form. Yeah. You haven't even seen this. Is like, this is like Frieza, like what form two? Well, yeah, form yeah. One. you got to mention that they haven't gotten rid of Ja, they haven't gotten rid of Nerlens, one of them, and, and they're <laughs> most likely going to get rid of some of them, and they haven't been able to add the, the correct shooting that they want to. I mean, this, this isn't is, even like this is surprising. This, this is this is something else. Twenty seventeen is a hell of a year for the 76ers, and I could I I can't smile harder. Like this is just awesome to watch Joel Embiid go out there and prove everyone wrong. Like you know what he you know two years of injuries after injuries. And the 76ers took this uh, very, very interesting strategy with their team. And they're like, you know what? Mint restriction on everybody. Well, Dave. Everybody. Let me, let me, let's put it on the ESPN 30 for 30. Okay. What, what if I told you What if I told you? that a guy who was drafted three years ago and, and is finally coming back out of injuries would take, would take the worst team in the NBA for about three years straight mm-hmm. to currently the second best team, at least in their last 10 games uh, in the Easter Conference? I think you just shorten it up. What if I told you the process the process worked. actually worked? Yeah. And that's just <laughs> goosebumps. Goosebumps. That's, oh, my God. This is a team that, just, just tonight as we record this, narrowly lost to the Houston Rockets, 123-118. Still if you lost, can, though. If you can compete with the Rockets when you're playing with a non-complete roster. They held them to under 140 points, too. That's true. Way better than a lot of other but teams. Eric out there. Gordon didn't play. It was a joke. Yeah, Ben Simmons didn't play. It was a joke. I know. That's. Uh-huh. I'm just saying for the Rockets, though, Eric Gordon didn't play. Dude, we were expecting Ben Simmons to points, play. 32 points. 32 points in 28 minutes. Seven boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks. Like this man does it all. And the 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 comparisons to the dream are accurate. James Harden just dropped 51 though. Yeah, Harden dropped 51, 13, 13. He's been doing that all season. <laughs> What's the story? I still look at 51 and think it's great. No, Embiid Embiid would not guard him. Probably didn't, although Embiid probably can guard (laughs) 1 through 5. I'm just saying. He could do it if he wanted to. You see all of this and you're like, wow, why is Dave like saying all this stuff? Well, it's just because we haven't talked about the Sixers. Off camera, this is all Dave talks about. So we're just. You should see the the group text is nothing but me talking about Sixers game. Why do you think I put it on silent half the time? I know. I feel like (laughs) I'm talking to all my. I don't even care if you guys like read this. I just need to get it out. It's Kentucky Wildcat basketball in the process. That's all Dave's been talking about. It's not even Kentucky Wildcats. It's just. I watch them, but Bam is the focal point of the team winning. You only text about Bam. That's because he's how they win games. Yeah. And the coach understands it, but these young kids don't understand. They just want to jack up shots. Well, let's answer the real question. And why is, are is they going to make the playoffs? That's what I want to know. Why are they more, going to? Because they're a better team than the Bulls. 
Well, okay, duh. I like how Ricky takes that personally. Well, yeah, duh. Well, he looked right at. Cry. He looked right well, that's at. That's because he had You're the bulls at a four seed. No, I had him in an eight seed. Uh, Rankin feel, had him four or five. I had, had him at the eight. Rankin also go the, back to the video. Rankin had also had the, the Bears ten six. So I'm not trusting delusional the motherfuckers. Super, hey, hashtag Super Bowl Super Bears. Oh yeah, but we've seen the emergence <laughs> of TJ McConnell in the starter position, which has been a huge upgrade for him. Like off, I don't know what it is, but coming off the bench. Like, we saw very little of what we'd hoped to see, and it's just like when we got him out there starting and they switched him and Rodriguez for starter and uh, bench player, I mean, we, we just see a whole lot more of confidence in his play, and he seems to just have it. And this is a guy who is going to be their future backup point guard. He, I, I'm very, very much so doubting the fact that he will be their starter because they will probably get one in the draft if the Lakers do fail to get that top three pick. Uh, so honestly, this is a team where we see Ilyasova, who they're, they're just giving kind of free reign to good. You just drop threes, you soak up minutes, and you drop threes, and you help space the floor. He was one of those kind of midseason guys where they moved a piece, and honestly, I didn't think much of it at the time. I was like, ah, they're just it's a wash, it's a it's a cash dip. You know, they're trying to get close to that seal, uh, the floor mm-hmm. for the salary floor. But he's actually kind of really fitting well there. Um, Covington, Rocco is your fucking three and D guy. That that's his top end, and we've seen just. I I still go back to like a week ago when he dropped that three, and it was like, I'm saying no all the way up until that ball went in the hoop. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh my god, it went in, and it was just watching them is super enjoyable because this is a team that we talked about a little bit earlier with the Lakers, where you don't want a team to know that whatever we do, our coach wants us to lose, our organization mm-hmm. wants us to lose, everybody out there, like, why even try? Like, no, Joel Embiid came back, they've got Brett Brown in there who came from that great coaching tree under Pop, and we see this team forming up and becoming, like, a real team, and it's one of the most exciting things to watch. And, oh, my God, I, I well, keep going about You guys, you guys got to say something And the about thing this. about the Sixers it's right fun. now... It's I, fun hearing Dave well, go off. I look at their schedule, and they've got, from now until February 6th, Yep. I'm going to say, really, fuck it, the eighth. They have two home games. Yeah. And those home games are against the Kings on Monday. That's going to be interesting because it's going to be a home and away back-to-back. They're Ooh. in Chicago on Sunday so and we're then probably Philly not gonna on see Monday. Um, and then the only other I'm sorry, home- we'll see John, not you know, yeah. Joel. Yeah, and the only other home game we've got is um, the February 8th game against the Spurs. Bulls on the road, Dallas on the road. San Antonio on the road, Miami on the road, Detroit on the road. Those are the road games. Good thing about that stretch, the only team that's really the hard team is the Spurs of those road games. Like, Bulls, you can go into Chicago, probably win. Same with Dallas, same with Miami. Miami, Detroit, though, you got to watch out. That, that, that young Deion enough star, Deion Waiters. you got to watch out for Deion, unless he's in Cleveland by that time. <laughs> but, like, Detroit's, to me, the, like, second one that's hard with that. The only thing I look at with this team yeah. when it's playoff time is when's the when's the All Star break date? I'm sorry, I just gotta. I think it's what it's around second? the fourteenth, around that. Uh, it's, I think it's like the third. It's or usually the second week, week of uh, February. But the okay. thing with how this rolls out is like if the drama that happens with my Bulls right now happen is continue to go on, we're not going to make the playoffs. Even though I said we could be mm-hmm. good enough to be the eight seed, which seventeenth or nineteenth. Right now we're still the eight seed. I just uh, with the Sixer team. I just don't know if they're going to be good enough to get to that eight seed. I think that in the end, teams like the Bucks or maybe even the Pistons will just beat them out. Of it's entirely that possible. Seed. The Knicks, I think that the 76ers can jump the Knicks in a heartbeat in a couple games. The only thing is the Bucks. we got to see if they make a move by the trade deadline yeah. and they get somebody to help them get to the playoffs. The Pistons, I mean, there have been rumored the move, but it wasn't a move because Stan Van came out and said, we're not trading. He quashed that one. But it's not like they're not going to make any moves. Any team can make moves by the trade deadline. I just don't think the Sixer team is going to win enough games to get to that eight seed when you've got the Bucks, the Pistons, and then maybe the Bulls if they get their heads out of their asses. I don't think Milwaukee's going to make a move, but I think Milwaukee's going to be that team, especially because Chris Middleton is slated to come around uh, back around early February, mid-February, and adding a player like that is going to That's help that huge. team. That's huge. Upgrade over Snell. Well, he's, he's the most underrated player in the NBA, right? That's what the comment section tells me. No, that's what Bucks. delusional Buck fans tell you. But 
still adding him a player who's usually around 18 mm-hmm. 5 and 5 or 18 3 and 3 I forget exactly where he was but he's a guy who can shoot from three a guy that will help spread out that offense a guy who will take pressure off Giannis uh and Jabari and I think that's going really going to be the push there I Dave unfortunately I think I think it's kind of what we saw with the Lakers where it's that there's there's a lot of hype there's a lot of momentum and teams are getting afraid but I feel like teams will be like, all right, let's just take away everyone else. And yeah, look let at their, be, I mean, we, we talked about their last, uh, now it would be 14 games, mm-hmm. where they're 10-4. and four. They beat quality people in those games. Oh, they've, well, been, they've been fantastic. What I'm saying is I don't think this, this, this run is sustainable because I feel like they'll be like, okay, well, we know Embiid's going to do what Embiid does. We just have to take away everybody else. Well, the thing is, they're, they're getting good contributions. I mean, we're starting to see Luau get a little more playing time, mm-hmm. and he just needs to up his efficiency. Uh, Gerald Henderson surprisingly is is co- good coming off the bench this year. I honestly didn't expect him to be anything more uh-huh. than just absolute trash. There's one wild card though that you have not mentioned, well, Dave. It's, it's who could be coming back this season. Well, the thing well, with Simmons oh, is Ben, ben, ben fucking Sim- Simmons. If ben but the thing Simmons with Simmons, plays, if he plays this season, he is and comes out all star game. He's already been okay, practicing. It's one of those things where I I say in my head. If he plays, because depending on what happens before the All-Star game... He's already practicing. No, but what I'm saying, Dave, is if this team loses games and it's like, fuck it, by the All-Star... We get to that point and it's like, fuck it, we're not going to make the playoffs... We're not risking your health when everyone else is on they a minutes s- restraint. They, like they want to see what they got. They it's one s- of the things where... But if when he comes in no. this, if he can be what we expect him to be... Then maybe they can make a run, but no. I'd still they're, say no. They're playing Ben no matter what. Ben, they're not, they're Ben's not playing at, like the day after the All Star break. I expect Ben. They to be want. Out they there. want to see what they got. And they, if and plus, you know, if they're going to be able to say, "Hey, we got him beating Simmons," they're going to sell out. Good fucking God, I'm going to buy tickets arena. to fucking Philly. I'm going to fly out there. That's I'm going to hold you to it. That's a, well, actually, look so up, fast, see if see if the Bulls and, and Sixers have a game coming up again in, in, in Chicago. Uh, we can totally Sunday. go to that. It's uh, Sunday. Uh, well, we missed out. <laughs> and, and, but, yeah. but really, what, it, what I'm trying to bring up is, is more of you, you're going to add Simmons in there, and how are Simmons and Embiid going to work oh, right away? Beautiful. But how are they going to work the, right the away? Question is Simmons going to March 24th, by the way, they're again in Chicago. Are you serious? Yeah. Right. March 24th. We're buying are they on a back to back that? Please tell us not back to back. No, no, they got the day off. Okay, good. So we will see Joel then. Well, yeah. We're buying tickets. Yeah, that, not, that's going down. Yep. That's, anyway. that's after they play the Thunder on that Wednesday. That's but fine. As long as they I'm, got a day break. But what I'm we'll trying to say is that <laughs> I just think, I don't know how the, Ben's going to work right away in the NBA. How him and Embiid are going to work right away in the NBA. I'm buying the offseason like hype for him. And I say this because look, we, we talked about all this stuff. Like you Dave, know how in the offseason everybody it, puts on ten pounds of muscle. Dave, if I said and, Embiid uh, sponsoring a, a, a shit smelling <laughs> soap, you'd buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Maybe you're buying anything. No, don't maybe this maybe. shit. You would look. I'm buying into the hype, and there, there's a reason behind it. Is because nothing but success. Like th- this is this is the new direction of this organization, and I absolutely love it. The only question is now, you know, we, we've we've killed it to death with the, you know, are we going to move Ja? Are we going to move Noel? We're going to keep them both. What are we going to do? And I think what that are we going to do exactly. And I think that Ja is. Going to be a good player for some other team. I think he's going to be a good contributor somewhere else. So you have to wonder what kind of value they can get back for him at this point in the season. And then I really can't wait to see the lineup with Embiid, Noel, Simmons out there at the same time. I mean, that's just. Whew. I don't even think they're going to get rid of Ja this year either. I think you're going to wait till the offseason. And literally. Entirely just, possible. I think they're just going to say, all right, so we got Sarich, Okafor, Noel, Simmons, Embiid. All right, what if we put all five of them on the court at the same time? Oh, I'm all for it. Brett Brown's going to have fun. It's yeah. going to be mix and match. All right, Sergio. Uh, Sergio. Uh, we're going to have Sergio out there t- three times, apparently. We're going to have Sergio, <laughs> Stauskas, uh, McConnell, McConnell, Simmons, and Embiid. And we're just going to we're gonna put all, everyone beyond the arc because Embiid can knock down threes like it's nobody's problem. And Simmons, you have full range and you're just going to go and, and, I mean, and this is they're going to have fun th- this, is, make the, the playoffs, this so. is a fun thing though like this is a team that like you said was was just absolutely abysmal for a couple years but now they're one of the most exciting teams in the NBA they have so much hype around them because they're up and coming because we see them having fun out there and that's that's really the big change is it went from a depressing organization to Let's go out there, let's have fun, and let's bring like Philly back into basketball again. And, and it's crazy to think, too, that you know we've, we've changed from a team like 
Minnesota is the next up and coming team to like, oh shit, look at Philly. Minnesota oh, can score. Shit. They got three guys doing 20, but they can't oh, fucking defend remember, better than traffic. Oh, remember, before oh, this whole process started, where was Philly? Eight seed going up against the number one seed Bulls. And then oh, Rose don't, got injured. Don't. That hurts. <laughs> so, just, so just put it out there, though. Also, the one thing I do want to say, I just looked up prices. The upper deck, it's uh, upper level 317, um, row 11. We'll be there. Three tickets, 75 bucks each. That's kind of pricey. We'll see. We'll see about that. I don't that. know if I trust the process that much. Not, not, <laughs> not as pricey as uh, behind uh, the process. But, ooh, it's only 193 in the section huh? right behind the bench. Wait, we can sm- Oh, we can get a... A like not, not like not like right behind. <laughs> if we're sitting right behind, it's like four hundred. But this is like the section behind it. About can you guys at least eight. admit that row eight we'll, is my hype is we'll talk about viable. It. We'll talk row about eight it. Is two hundred bucks each. We'll talk about it. Answer the damn question. Are the yeah. sixers going to be a playoff yeah. team? Yeah, this year. No, in no. four years, Ricky. We no, not this year. Four years, mate, probably, yeah. I don't think so Not either. this year. I don't think so either. Sorry, Dave. I think this year. We'll see. I, I, hey. The Bulls I'm, might. I'm, 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 <laughs> what, apparently, what would you do if the Bulls made it right over, like, one game above the Sixers? What if Jimmy just went one for 13 it, and benched what, himself halfway through what, a game? What if, so what what if the game we go I've got, to? I've got a whole lot of faith in the Bulls <laughs> right now. What if the game we go to on March 24th is the decider? What if the Bulls win that one? What if I don't care? I'm still from <laughs> Chicago, guys. I just like this team better. I'm sorry. I don't like we called we called Chicago a dumpster fire at the beginning of the season. I said they'd be entertaining, not good. Yeah. So I don't care one way or the other. Philly's a team who came in the season with no aspirations. I'm gonna ask you a and qu- it's just I'm gonna ask you a question, but I'm gonna save it for off camera because I don't want you to cry. Oh Anyways. Uh, I don't say the word injury, I will just chop <laughs> you in the throat. I don't think the 76 are going to make <laughs> it this year. I think, I think, I would you. you kill yourself, though, if, no. you, uh, if, nope. if he got injured the day you went? Nope. The only game Dave goes to. Nope. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I don't think the 76 are going to make it. I think the Bucks with a healthy Chris Middleton will, will, will make it in there. Uh, and, and Dave, the process will have to wait one more year, but Bucks they are, are close. Yeah, nobody's getting processed. They are close. And God, well, processed. Bringing up, right? bringing up r slash NBA there with the spooky uh, yep. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. But... That's going to wrap up this uh, this um, this Fast Break Podcast. You're asking, why are you wearing a Denver Nuggets hat, Sean? That's because uh, I went on 47, uh, the, the the hat shop that makes uh, the, the, these hats, and they, they give us uh, they, they send you a mystery uh, team hat, and uh, the Denver Nuggets was my team. So I'm not a Nuggets fan, and, and my process uh, – You still have not uh, chosen a fandom? No, my fandom's still up in the air. So, we'll auction uh, it off one of these we'll days. We'll auction it off one of So I still have a fandom, but it's a nice retro Nuggets hat. But anyways – for Ricky Whitmer, for Dave Oster, that is going to wrap up the Fast Break Podcast. Uh, thank you so much. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button and that subscribe button. If you download us on Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for downloading us. We appreciate it so much. Also, don't forget to check out all of our social media stuff. But again, for Dave Oster, Ricky Whitmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We will see you next time. Believe in the process. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.